is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. We're back after a week break. And before we get into Michigan stuff, Derek, I've got a big announcement. It's related to my birthday. It's about the theme of my birthday party. And I'll let you take a guess and I'll give you a hint that is related to something we have talked about on this show. And it's not related to Michigan, but we have talked about it briefly, but we have talked about it. So I'll give you a guess. I'm going to go with uh, some sort of uh, whiskey or old fashioned themed. I'm going to say that you're, you're sort of close. So the theme is Alan Jackson, Mm. which is like a cousin of whiskey, you could say. I've just been in this big Alan Jackson kick for two or three years. And it occurred to me like, wait, I can have a, an Alan Jackson themed birthday party. I'm not talking line dancing. Nobody's going to wear cowboy boots and hats. I don't own that stuff. I just don't, I like the music. That's all I want. I just want to like, you know, drink beer, sip whiskey and listen to Alan Jackson for a day with, with some of my friends, you know? Now, anyone who has multiple, and I mean multiple, greatest hits albums. Oh my gosh! They've had a they've had a career. So and you're I talking about getting better with age. Oh, I mean, you can't you can't go wrong. And honestly, you know, Alan Jackson or not, perfect tie-in. But I think anything that involves whiskey just makes it that much better of a party. I hadn't even considered that part. Obviously, there was going to be alcohol, but. The fact that I can now also like really incorporate mm. some alcohol, some whiskey, like that's a that's a big plus. I appreciate you mentioning that. Sounds like a riot, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Uh, birthday's not until August, though. In a ways, but you know, it's always good. You know, as you get older, it'd be it'd be my best recommendation. You know, someone a little bit you know older than yourself my best recommendation to to plan as well in advance as you reasonably can just because you know it's good to have a plan and have a backup plan because as we know know, since a pandemic happened you never know what could necessarily happen so that's what i've been saying when you plan in advance you have enough time for a plan b yeah and you know sometimes that plan b happens and, and sometimes that plan b can be just as fun but i like plan a alan jackson hopefully that's what you'll be able to go with in august and you know, we'll be in the thick, and I mean thick, the thick of of football yeah. hype. Yeah. And, you know, when we get too excited, and, you know, I, I would I would imagine our season predictions this year look much different than our season predictions last year. So when we get just a little bit too high on that, you know, Michigan football training camp, you know, let's, let's bring back the Alan Jackson conversation, you know, preview the birthday, and, and then obviously we have to hear about what happens after the fact. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you uh, one last thing here. As part of the lead-up to my birthday, I am listening to every Alan Jackson album and ranking mm. them, and I'm ranking the top 10 deep cuts. Wow. No hits. That sounds like a commitment. Again, this is this is <laughs> multiple greatest hits albums, so that's <laughs> going to be that's tough. A, it's it's, be it tough. might take between now and August to even pull that off. I'm, I'm uh, 
probably I'm approaching halfway through the discography. Um, I've just reached the two thousands, so that's where I am. Well on your way. Yeah. Okay. What do you say, Michigan stuff? Yeah, Michigan might as well. Guy. You know, we took a took a break. I think uh, you texted last week. I think this was last week. You know, like hey, you know, not much going on. What's there to talk about? And I said nothing. Let's nothing. skip. So we skipped. That's what you, that's what you do when you when you make your own schedule. We are uh, entrepreneurs. I am my own boss. I make my own schedule. If I don't want to work today, I do not work today. If Derek doesn't want to work today, he doesn't work today. Uh, that is the entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe at some point we will put out an episode just about how to be an entrepreneur, how to be your own boss, mm. uh, how to get into that game. But but for now, we'll stick to our bread and butter, uh, Michigan stuff, NBA draft. We finally have our declarations. Caleb Houston, Musa Diabate, they're going to test the waters, as they say, so both retaining their eligibility, but they're going to go explore that process. Uh, first, were you surprised by either of those? And I guess you know, we also found out Hunter Dickinson is staying. Did any of those three surprise you? No. I guess if I had to be surprised by something, it would be the timing, uh, how yeah. late you know all of this came, how long. We waited, you know, over a month for these decisions. Uh, so that would be the most surprising aspect. And, and you know, I, I think it was leaning towards Hunter Dickinson coming back. You know, there are people in that camp that, you know, he probably would return because you know, he just wasn't showing up on the on the draft boards. Um, you know, just a, a great, really, really good basketball player. Uh, but just the way the NBA is trending, a little bit harder for him to, to find a, a fit when, it, you know, you don't know his ceiling, you, you question some things maybe defensively, especially, you know, his ability to, to spread the floor in multiple ways, even beyond what he, you know, was able to improve on last season. So I guess maybe somewhat surprised that he didn't just, you know, go ahead and, and test the waters. But I think he probably figured, like, why not, you know, build some steam early with NIL? Uh, you know, also, you know, I think it helps that he's returning to, to pull maybe some of those transfers in or you know, even help with recruiting of the future. Uh, you know, I think Hunter Dickinson just wanted to own that. You know, he's a guy who's who's coming back, uh, and, and a guy who has a an awesome opportunity to to truly be, uh, you know, one of Michigan's you know greatest players of all time. Uh, so, you know, not surprising that he's coming back, but you know, maybe a little surprising that he didn't test the waters as well. But you know, Musa Diabate and Caleb Houston shocked. It took so long for those to be announced. Caleb Houston's is like really awkwardly, oddly quiet. Um, whereas Musa Diabate, you know, had a li- little bit of a post. But, yeah, both of those guys, you know, ooze in potential. Uh, they're both really close to, to figuring out, you know, another another gear, uh, taking the next step in their game. Uh, Musa Diabate a little bit more unpredictable than Caleb Houston. But I, I think they'll both get great feedback. Uh, and I think they're both draftable players. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, you know, they preserved their college eligibility. So they would have a spot shall they choose to return. Uh, to Michigan, and, and, and if they don't, uh, you know, we can assume maybe they, they stuck in the NBA or, you know, potentially even transferred or, or headed to the G League. You know, there's lots of options these days, but, yeah, I think it makes sense that they're testing the waters. Uh, they can learn a lot about what they need to, to take to the next level, and if they choose to come back, uh, they'll know what they can work on, just like Hunter Dickinson did a year ago. Hunter Dickinson, like you said it, um, he's going to have an opportunity to put himself at or at least near the top of, of the list of those like all-time 
program guys, like the ones you think of immediately. Um, people more our age, I think we probably gravitate toward like Trey Burke. Uh, you might think of Darius Morris too, but like Hunter Dickinson is going to be one of those guys, you know, and he doesn't even have to have like a stellar number season. It's, it's so much about his personality too. So I was extremely happy to see him come back and not surprised really at all because of the things you mentioned with the draft. And it's just like, is there room in the NBA for a Hunter Dickinson as he is currently? And the answer is probably, you know, it's not a, it's not like the door's shut, but obviously the, there's limited availability there. Um, so coming back and continuing to, not just work on his on his perimeter offense but his defense I think that's where the greatest uh, area for improvement is for him like being able to defend in space and not get immediately broken down in a mismatch that'll be a big deal um, I sort of I think the same thing of Musa Diabate's draft stock you know he he didn't really show a jump shot and he showed a lot of athleticism, very good defense. Reminds me a little bit of, of um, oh my gosh, um, <laughs> who who was playing alongside more uh, Mo Wagner, DJ Wilson. Mm-hmm. Jeez, uh, you know, remember how DJ Wilson would would? I mean, he could guard your one through five, and I think uh, Moose Diabate is like. That's a he's a guy who could do that too. And then Caleb Houston, I, I, the casual fans, you know, are probably like, "Wait, what? He he didn't have that great of a season." And like, that's true, but the dude can shoot. And like, well, and he's a six eight, you know, guard forward a, too. Yeah, he's got size. He's got some like something to be wanted there athletically. We didn't see him. <laughs> we saw him in the one fast break, at least that I can remember, and like. He's not an explosive athlete, we should say. Um, better than you and me combined. It's just, you know, compared relative to, like, high-level college basketball. Like, it was obvious that he, he wasn't a top-tier athlete at that level. His defense was underappreciated. Um, and, and when he got hot, like, that was it. He could knock down three, four in a row and, and really change the course of a game. So... I think ultimately I expect those two to come back. Um, if either of them goes, I, w- I would think it'd be Caleb Houston. But I think there's a lot to be gained for both of them to play another year of college ball under Juwan Howard, keep playing that high-level competition. And and then at that point, like, we're talking about a you know pretty good Michigan team uh, going into next season, so not not surprised by any of this, but I guess it's just more waiting now. To, you know, are they staying in or or are they coming out? And I don't know if this will be a worse waiting game than what we just went through, but it's here, so this is just part of the off season. We got to get used to it. Yeah, I think it's you know this is kind of the maybe the waiting game we expected, in the sense that you know these decisions aren't surprising. Uh, you know, I guess I expected to wait even longer than this. 
you know, we, we've waited for this decision and, and now, you know, we're waiting to, to see what they ultimately decide. I think the date's usually what, June 1st or something like that. So another month. Man, you got me. We uh, should have known that. I think it's June 1st. You know, it might change per year. While, while you're talking. But, you know, either, either way, you know, it's half waiting to, for them to make that decision to test the waters. And, and now, you know, the second half, another 33 days or so to, to see what they ultimately do. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think Musa Diabate is more likely to go. Um, he's a guy who I think, with where he's at, and you know, you really don't know what type of player he would turn into. I think scouts are probably drooling over him because because his size is you know even more impressive um, than Caleb Houston's, and what he doesn't lack is that you know athletic ability. He is not afraid to to get to the rim to to be athletic. Uh, can rebound the ball well. Um, you know, I think anyone in the NBA thinks that they can develop at a higher level, obviously, than than uh, college basketball. So you know, they can work with them for the shot with a shot. Um, if he adds a shot to his, you know, arsenal, you know, that would make him a much different player because he can spread the floor. Um, so I, I would say Musa Diabate is more likely to uh, keep his name in. You know, maybe even get drafted or, or kind of have a career in the G League. And I'd also say he's the toughest fit. Uh, on Michigan's roster, you know, I think he's a good That's player true. who did did some cool things, but I don't see as natural of as a fit for him coming back. It felt like he couldn't really do much with both Diabate and Dickinson on the floor. I think as as both guys develop, you know, and, and you have another year in the system, uh, you know, I, I think that they can find a way to make it work. But I don't think this is a guy that's going to want to come off the bench at Michigan. Uh, and, and if they can't find a way to to make sure both those guys effectively start. Uh, you know, it could it could cause uh, a little bit of trouble. So I'd say he's more likely gone. Um, you know, I think of a guy like a, a Jaron Jackson at Michigan State. Um, you know, who who obviously was able to to do even more. Uh, and there's another guy I'm blanking on his name, uh, Deontay Davis. I think you know he played a year at Michigan State and really did almost nothing. Uh, even came off the bench a lot, but he bounced after a year. Maybe similar stats to Musa Diabate. I'd have to look that up. Uh, where he had some big games. Uh, big blocker, shot blocker, uh, great defender, could, could guard multiple positions, you know, went to the NBA, played for a little bit, but just never really stuck. So Musa Diabate is the more interesting prospect. Caleb Houston, I think, you know, can can go in, test the waters, learn a few things, see what his upside is, and then obviously come back and be a stronger, more confident player. Uh, his role makes a little bit more sense uh, at Michigan. I think that he's a guy who, you know, if he can develop a more consistent uh, a shot, um, you know, not be so streaky. Uh, he could definitely be in the conversation for for not only a all Big Ten, uh, but for for a guy who's like most improved player. That uh, seems crazy to call a five star that, but hey, you know, Job ja Morant's one most improved player in the NBA, and he's like MVP caliber this whole time. So you know, sometimes the, the most garbage. Yeah, sometimes the I'm most. Just... <laughs> uh, let's talk about that because I think that's that's fitting real quick. The fact that I'm not Jordan Poole so <laughs> has played as well as he has since the All-Star break and truly would fit that, you know, that what I would define most improved. You know, this Jordan Poole is a guy who was a fringe NBA player at a point last season, you know, really playing in the G League uh, for half the time. And for him to, to come in and, and fill some spots with a guy like Clay Thompson injured and Steph Curry, you know, on and off, you know, for him to – play like he has dropped 30 points in his first playoff game and just play consistently well in the playoffs so far uh you know i know it's only a half season technically but that's more of a most improved player than a guy who 
you know, was averaging 20 last season and maybe averages closer to 30 now. So, yeah, you know, because we, we've talked about Jordan Poole plenty uh, together, I think he was snubbed just a little bit. Glad to see he at least finished top three in the voting. But, you know, I think Caleb Houston and Jordan Poole, much different sizes, you know, much different players in a lot of ways. Uh, Jordan Poole, I can't remember if he tested the draft waters or not after year one, but, you know, a guy who had potential, everyone kind of felt like Beeline was holding him back. Uh, he came back and, and was definitely a better player his sophomore year. You know, I would be shocked if Caleb Houston, uh, one, I think he's coming back, and I would be shocked if he's not significantly, you know, more consistent at the very least, even if he's not, you know, you know, a guy who's going to be all Big Ten. So, yeah, I think two interesting decisions. Uh, and then on top of these is, you know, who is Michigan still going to bring in? Because I know that Terrence Shannon Jr. from Texas Tech uh, was on campus hanging out with Hunter Dickinson. Uh, Hunter Dickinson's returned. Uh, I think he kind of made a, you know, a quick emoji comment on the post before deleting it that almost implied, you know, something along the lines of, you know, Michigan's one of the top on his list. Uh, you know, those, These those guys social need better things. social media oh, training. Yeah, I mean, I, I how could, is stuff always getting put up and deleted? That's what I should do, man. I, you know, with with the social media stuff I do, I should I should start a you know, kind of like a, a best practice workshop for, for these players who post and delete more than they just post and keep. Well, you know, I'm uh, starting um, my own NIL thing. I oh. haven't done it yet. But to, to funnel like some money. Mm. I don't know if that's legal. I'll have to check the parameters of the rule, but... I'm going to read up on that. <laughs> Before I start making commitments... <laughs> Yeah, 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there. Uh, Chipotle's on me tonight, guys. I like that. You know, that Chipotle <laughs> goes a long way for, for, for college uh, students. I, I can confirm that. But, yeah, I mean, I think just to wrap up my thought, I would love to have both these guys back. I think that both of these players uh, make Michigan a better team, you know, especially because you can assume both of them will develop. DJ Wilson had a quiet freshman year, came back and uh, made such noise. Uh, in, in a Big Ten tournament and in the NCAA tournament uh, that he, you know, was drafted really well. Uh, you know, Jordan Poole came back uh, and then still left after sophomore year when people really questioned whether he'd be a fit. And again, for a while, last NBA season, it seemed like he might not be. Uh, but he was drafted in the first round and now is, you know, uh, been a star, at least as the last few months. So I think both these guys could benefit from coming back. But, you know, with the G League, uh, with NBA developing players, uh, you know, better than anyone else in the world. Um, there's not really a bad option. Uh, just hope that if they stay, they, they do get drafted and get that shot, uh, make some money. Uh, and if they come back, you know, also an opportunity to make some money. And I think, again, that's where Hunter Dickinson's uh, story comes in is he's a really, really good basketball player, and it makes it a lot easier to stay in college when you can probably make, you know, over a million dollars by returning for a junior year. Yeah. Uh, deadline, by the way, June 1st nice. for NCAA players to withdraw their name. How uh, 33 more that? days then. Yeah, a little over a month. That's not so bad. Be in the summer by then. Like, my my mood will be changed. I won't be. Weather will be more consistent. Exactly. Yeah. Just, so June 1st. There's also another deadline. June 13th. So June 1st, NCAA early entrant withdrawal deadline. June 13th is NBA early entrant withdrawal deadline. If you're thinking, what's the difference? Uh, that's me. I don't know. 
I think I think the June thirteenth deadline is is does not apply so much to the college game as it does to like the international players. So you're not dealing with the same uh rules necessarily, you know, when it comes to the NCAA. But I think for all intents and purposes, June first is that deadline uh that we're looking at. Um I also want to talk about Brandon Johns because he is transferred. He's going to VCU, I believe. You'll have to tell me if I'm wrong. Um, but he was a guy that we had, we had talked about just kind of on and off. And I, there's nothing I don't think unique that I have to say about Brandon Johns that you know hasn't been said a hundred times. But it's I think it's still worth just looking at his career and understanding that that was a guy who uh by all appearances like worked really hard and and caught some breaks um including two NCAA tournaments ago in in the bubble in Indianapolis when he was starting because Isaiah Livers got hurt he did pretty well there but it none of those breaks like catapulted him into that starting role or or turned him into the sixth man off the bench who you could count on for for points like he was a really good rebounder good presence to have inside but I wondered what your thought was when when he landed that that transfers spot and and you know for you know, hopefully is like getting himself a, a fresh start somewhere yeah, well, one, uh, definitely VCU, and also joins former teammate Zeb Jackson. Who that's made, right. You know, a little so bit I'm sure of, that's, uh, that's good. Had a cup of coffee with the team this year in terms of uh, among the time he played. Um, <laughs> but, no, I mean, Brandon Johns had um, – well, I mean, interesting story in general. So, you know, back okay. back, you know, back when he was recruited, he was a guy out of East Lansing yeah, uh, who came to Michigan. He was, a, you know, a, a high-level recruit, but not a five-star guy. Uh, but still a top 100 player. Uh, and, you know, he he played under uh, John Beeline, recruited by John Beeline, and then obviously stayed, uh, you know, with, with things with Juwan Howard uh, when there were guys that, you know, didn't. Um, not, not because they uh, didn't want to, but a guy like a Jordan Poole, for example, uh, never played with uh, Juwan Howard, you know, went on to the NBA. So this is a guy that really stuck it out uh, between a coaching change, you know, then played, you know, three years for that new coach. Like you said, had some big moments at times, uh, showed a lot of potential at times. But, you know, at other times, I think because of the potential he showed, it, it seemed like he was, you know, very underwhelming in a sense. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll take, you know, his story overall as what you just said. You know, this is a guy that, you know, showed up uh, even when he wasn't showing out consistently. Uh, I think he worked really hard. He was, you know, always had a good attitude. Uh, felt like he was a, an asset to the team uh, in many ways. You know, was a a good defender at times. You know, had some big big boards. He had some big blocks. You know, had some big buckets. Uh, never really seemed to to get it going this year. And it's it's a hard year to to blame uh, him for that when when Michigan had so much trouble getting it going as a team until finally it happened clicked a little bit in March. You know, this is a team that, again, for like two months was win-loss, win-loss with no <laughs> consistency. So, you know, I think he had an interesting career, uh, you know, probably made, you know, I think only a handful of starts at the end of the day, especially with most of those being in the tournament because he was always kind of playing 
behind Isaiah Livers, but a guy who is productive enough to continue coming off the bench and and a guy that, you know, will, will definitely be remembered as the East Lansing native uh, who came and played for Michigan. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I think I think he had a, a good little career for all things considered. Uh, I, I think he would say it was, you know, successful overall, and hopefully he'll have a good uh, final year of eligibility and, and a good opportunity at VCU and, and just have a big year for himself uh, and, you know, find some success there and ultimately, hopefully, you know, find a chance to make some money playing basketball after next season. Right. Um, okay, did you see the way the Tigers lost the other night? <laughs> I think we were going to – I think we talked about talking – like doing a Tigers podcast. Yeah, we did. And my mood for that after probably the worst blunder I've ever seen at the end of the game uh, changed dramatically. Uh, I can't even describe – like if somebody hadn't watched it and I was like, okay, here's what happened, I don't think I could say what happened. Just go look it up. It's all over anyone who shares anything oh, yeah. about Major League Baseball. Tigers lose in the worst way. Uh, you will see it on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook. You know, your your grandma mm-hmm. probably shared it. I mean, your it's – grandma, Your grandma got, got the internet just to share that video. It's uh, – it is – embarrassing and those are the types of things that you know maybe make you thankful that there's multiple games in baseball Uh, Uh because if you lose a game like that in a 12 to 14 game season uh you know like a a botched uh punt uh and the arrival wins you know those don't happen uh all that often and it's very excruciating when they do but at least it's a it's a long season it's not like that eliminates the tigers from the playoffs but yeah uh completely embarrassing and i think i'll leave it at that they're down 2-0 to the twins right now mm. in the bottom of the fourth just putting that out there that well anyway hunter dickinson is coming back hunter dickinson <laughs> is coming back to michigan uh caleb houston musa Debate decided to test the waters i don't know will they come back we'll have to wait around and find out deadline for them to make that decision is june 1st if if it's anything like what just happened, though, uh, we won't find out about it until June 4th. So right. just be prepared for that. But uh, we'll get back next week, hopefully, to keep talking, I don't know, Michigan basketball, Michigan football. Maybe we'll do that Tigers podcast. I don't know. But um, either way, we'll we'll catch you next time. Take care and go blue. Blue.